Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. And children can go ahead to Children's Church if they would like. And adults can go to Children's Church if they would like as well. Or you can stay here. And if you have a Bible, would you turn please to Luke chapter 17. And we will be in 17 verse 11 through 19. Out on the table are green bookmarks. This is the series we've been preaching through, this section of Luke. We'll do one more for next week, and then starting in May, we'll do a different bookmark in a different series, preaching from both the Old and New Testaments. Technology, when the technology works, sermons are available online at the website or Facebook. We've been working on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. Ask questions if you want to hear it again or go back, or that would be great. Appreciate your input. If you have a device, you can press the button. If you have one of these Bibles, there's also some Bibles on the counter over there. If you're using one of those greenish Bibles, it's page 511. If you have your own Bible, then you know where it is. Luke 17 verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Lord, would you bless the reading and the speaking of your word this morning. Pray, Lord, you would revive us today through your word. And pray, Lord, you would work in our hearts, teach us, lead us, guide us, make us holy like you, conform us to your image. Do that work within us, Lord. Make us more like you. Pray, Lord, we would hear and we would respond and give us thankful hearts. And all, God people, all God's people said, Amen. 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 It is a little warm. If you need to stand up, stand up. If you need to step outside, get a glass of water. It'll be okay. It's all good. Thank you, Lord. This section of Luke, we've been working through, participating in the kingdom. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. That's what it says in verse 11. And he started this journey back in chapter 9. He's making his way along. This is what it means. He's been interacting with the disciples, teaching them. He's also been interacting with the Pharisees and teaching them as well. He's talked about repentance and he's talked about shrewdness. And wisdom. He's talked about being faithful and obedient and forgiving. And today in this section, we're talking about, he's talking about being thankful, 
being a thankful steward or being a thankful disciple. If you have the bulletin on the back of your bulletin, that's kind of where we're headed out. A few things about a couple of verses. You could spend a lot of time talking about thankfulness, but we're just going to try and limit it here to what Jesus said and the example that was shown. Notice, please, in verse 11, he's on his way. He's passing along Samaria and Galilee. He entered a village. There's lepers there. And we know that the one leper that he's speaking of is a foreigner. He is a Samaritan. Jesus has dealt with lepers and Samaritans before. If you look at the other Gospels in Matthew, their lepers were cleansed and blind receiving sight, deaf were hearing, lame were walking, good news was being preached. Jesus has encountered lepers before, those with the illness, the sickness of leprosy. He has also dealt with, he's in between that region, geography, Samaria, Galilee, he has dealt with Samaritans before. Even in Luke 10, the Samaritan came, Jesus had compassion on him. We know from John 4, there was the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan woman. So these were people that Jesus had encountered for, had encountered before. Nothing new here. The lepers had the disease of leprosy. Samaritans, they were Jews who had intermarried, kind of like Mr. Spock, half human, half Vulcan. Well, which are you? You know, where do you belong? Both the lepers and the Samaritans were outcasts. They were both on the outside on many levels, biologically, geographically, historically, theologically. Jesus is headed to the cross. This man is both a leper and a Samaritan, verse 18, and then these lepers in verse 13, this one particular that we'll talk about, but a double whammy. He's got to deal with both. They were outcasts. They were downtrodden. They were untouchable. They were worse than scum, lower than the dirt on the bottom of your shoes. They were non-human. And they stood at a distance because they weren't allowed to come any closer. They weren't allowed to get close. Like this reminds me earlier we preached about the rich man and Lazarus. Get that guy out of my sight. He's hideous. The dogs are licking his sores. This was like the lepers and the Samaritans. Or if you're familiar with the story of John Merrick, the elephant man, with a hood over his head and locked away. The story of A.B. Simpson, the Christian Missionary Alliance. There was a church in New York and they were Presbyterian and A.B. Simpson would go and witness to the Italian dock workers and bring them to church and the church people said, they smell bad and they sound funny and they look disgusting. What are they doing here? We don't want those people here. Think about, if you've seen the movie, I saw the movie last week, Green Book, 1960s in the South, African American also the Italians and the Yankees and the women discriminated against, segregated against. We have similar issues today among different groups and classes. The other people that are outcasts, rich, 
or poor, thin or fat, old or young, color of your skin. We understand something about Samaritans and lepers being outsiders or outcasts. This guy, Samaritan leper, had no chance to get anywhere or to do anything in life. Look what they do. Look what he does and look what this group does. Let's talk about being a thankful steward, asking for mercy. And I'm looking at verse 12 and verse 13, lifting up their voices. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Think about that word mercy. What is mercy? God is mercy. When we celebrated Passover, when the Jews around the world are remembering the story of Exodus and Passover, the Lord, if you saw the Ten Commandments last night, the Lord passed before Moses. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and children's children to third and fourth generation. That's Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. God, our God, the God, is a merciful God. The Lord, your God, is a merciful God, and he will not leave his people or destroy his people or forget the promises he made with them and their fathers. He swore these things. They will come to pass. We do not deserve mercy. We blow it. We mess up repeatedly. God is rich in mercy. And he shows mercy to whom he shows mercy to. I'm using the ESV and the word is mercy. Your word may be mercy. Other ways to translate that word. Kindness, loving kindness, goodness, or grace, or favor, or pity, forgiveness. It's a very rich word. It's a deep word. Many-sided and heavy. Think about God's mercy. Think about the hero. Oftentimes the heroes will show mercy to the enemy. They will not kill the enemy. Except for next weekend, Thanos will get no mercy from the Avengers. The Avengers <laughs> will prevail. Amen. But even that exercise of judgment and punishment is mercy. God will not, God will not pardon the guilty. He will visit that upon them, like from Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Even that judgment flip side, there is mercy, perfect mercy involved in perfect justice, perfect love, perfect wrath. Thinking about Passover this weekend, God showed mercy to Egypt, not just wiping them out at the first plague, but giving them ten. And ultimately bringing punishment, showing mercy to his people. God himself is the best example of mercy. Freeing the Israelite slaves from Egypt. 
Jesus is the best example of mercy and forgiveness. We see that on Good Friday, and we celebrated today, Easter Sunday. To have received God's mercy, that God would give unmerited favor, and He births people again to give us new life and resurrection and hope and promise. Easter is mercy. And it's not surprising that this event, this cry for mercy, follows right after Jesus' teaching on forgiveness. Last week we talked about being a forgiving steward. You must forgive. You must have mercy. And here Jesus is acting it out as an object lesson. The lepers ask for mercy. And let's focus on asking. Lord... I got nothing. I got nothing left. I'm at the end of my rope. I have nowhere to turn. Maybe you can identify with these lepers. I've got nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to go. We pride ourselves on being able to do things ourselves. I know we're all pull up our boots and get her done. But these people have nowhere else to turn. And maybe you are in a place today. You have nowhere else to turn. And you need to come and ask. Admitting a need. Admitting I can't do it myself. Involving humility and dependence and trust. We like to rely on ourselves. There's many things that we can do in and of ourselves but in, the, in these people's case, and if you think about it in our own case, we are hurt and we are in need. We are miserable and we have hit rock bottom. They come and they ask, have mercy on us. Kind of like when the friends brought the guy on the mat who was paralytic kind of like there's nothing else to turn to, there's nowhere else to go, the woman who had an issue of blood. When we get back into Luke chapter 18, a blind man who comes, Lord, have mercy. <coughs> think about what you ask for and think about who you ask. What does it take for you to ask? The fact is, oftentimes we don't ask. We rely on ourselves or self-help. Dr. Phil, Oprah, if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, he's very popular. He's written 12 Rules for Life. It's all about doing it yourself. Don't lie. Take responsibility for yourself. Do things that are meaningful. Hang out with people who want the best for you. You can be the best you now. No real searching or dependence or asking of God. No recognizing God asking for these lepers to come for us or you to go to God and ask means you have to have a right view of God. Notice they say Jesus master. Is Jesus master? Do you go to him to ask? If you do, he will answer. Verse 14, moving right along. 
he responds to them. He says, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. This goes back to Torah. This goes back to Leviticus. This goes back to Jewish law, Leviticus 13 and 14. The priests were responsible for declaring who was clean or unclean, leprosy or no leprosy. And so that was being a good Jewish person. That's what they were supposed to do. Go to the priests. They will declare you clean. This is the power of Jesus. As they went, they were cleansed. Jesus has the power, ability to do that. Jesus has the mercy, the compassion, the love, the grace. You are loved and accepted by healing them. They are now not outcasts, but incasts. Making up a word, like when you back out your car or front in your car. Thank you, for your, thank you for your forgiveness, but I like to do that. No longer are they outcasts, but they are incasts. And they are part of the group. Praise God. This is the work of Christ. To restore and to recreate, to make all things new, and to set things right. In the beginning, in Genesis, everything was right. Genesis 1 and 2, everything was good and clean and pure. Sin entered the world, disease entered the world, leprosy entered the world, racial separation and discrimination entered the world. God begins to fix that. Jesus is working here, Luke 17, to fix that. He's continuing. He fixes it today. And it is a picture of what will come because of Easter, because he has risen. He has risen indeed. The future, justice and healing and grace and mercy. And in the future, all will be set right. The new heavens and new earth and no more sin or curse or sickness or leprosy or outcasts or pastors making up words that they shouldn't be doing. There will be racial reconciliation. The work has begun. Easter has come. It will be complete. He is alive. He will return. All things set new. This is not Buddha who did this. This is not Muhammad or Pantheist or Jordan Peterson or Oprah. This is not do it yourself. It is God Almighty, Master and Lord, Jesus. He is the way and truth and life. He is the hearing and answering God, the God who is there, the God who is here. You won't get an answer from any other small g puny God. The lepers and the Samaritans ask, do I matter? Does anyone care? Who can help me with this? Maybe you ask those questions today. Do I matter? Does anyone care? Who can help me with the load I carry? Jesus answers, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. The ultimate answer is Easter. Death and resurrection and victory over the grave. I ask you to come and ask. You have problems. The answer is the cross. The answer is the empty tomb.
The answer is he who rose and ascended on high. He reigns at the right hand of the Father and he will come back for his people. Will you be included in that group? Notice what happens next. So what does that mean for this leper? What does that mean for you? Adoring the Lord, verse 15 and 16, giving thanks. And look at all that happens here. There's lots of components. He saw that he was healed. All ten of them were healed, but this one in particular saw that he was healed. Hokey smokes. I'm not imagining this. This isn't a dream. It's a V8 moment. Marveling and processing. Wait a minute. Those sores, those leprous sores all over me, they're gone. The other nine left, but this guy turned back. He didn't go ahead with his plans. He didn't go with the crowd. He didn't follow his own life. Man, I got things to do. He turned back. He went to the source, acknowledging what just happened. And he praises God with a loud voice, recognizing where his healing and his cleansing came from, not from his self, not from a doctor, not the government, not the priests. Nothing wrong with those things. But he is praising God. God did this. Not in misery anymore. Not common or cursed or condemned. But I am cleaned. I am restored. I am made whole. I am holy. And I can be a part of the group now. I am declared new and not broken, adopted and accepted. He says with a loud voice, not a whisper or sheepish, hey, you know, Jesus, thanks a lot, appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. This is what God has done. And everyone knows he falls on his face at the feet of Jesus just like Joshua did with the angel of the Lord, the commander of the host, just like after Solomon built the temple and all the people bowed with their faces to the ground on the pavement, they worshipped, gave thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. Just like King Jehoshaphat and all of Israel, when they found the books and when they rediscovered who they were supposed to be and who God is, just like when Ezra and Nehemiah rebuilt the temple and they worshipped. Very humbling and serving. You are the master. I am the servant. Jesus is the place and person of worship. The Samaritan woman said, we go worship in this place, on this hill, at this time. Jesus said, I am looking for worshipers in spirit and truth. Tear down the temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Because it's me. Jesus is the new temple where we worship at his feet. And we say, thank you. Does he say, does this person, here's a question. Does this person say thanks for the gift or for the giver? Am I saying thank you for what I got or am I saying thank you for you? Boy gives a girl an engagement ring. Ooh, 
I got a ring, I got a ring, look at my ring, look at my ring. And she runs and she shows it to all her friends. Hey, where'd you get that? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> but it's cool, isn't it? I got a ring. Or any birthday gift, any anniversary gift. Are you thankful for the gift or the giver? The gift is the giver, regardless of whatever comes. Even if he cleansed him, even if he hadn't cleansed him. Lord, you are more precious even than being clean. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. God is infinitely good. This Samaritan, this foreigner, says in verse 16 and again in verse 18, he recognizes who to praise and adore. His spirit of dependence and humility. The others, let's talk about them. Not so much. Jesus has a harsh word. Think about your forget your thankfulness. Think about you thanking God. Maybe you are one of the nine ungrateful accused. Were not ten cleansed? Verse 17. Where are the nine? The girl who receives the ring forgets where she got it from, doesn't receive the giver, only the gift. So here you have these nine who were not thankful. Don't know why they weren't. Are you ever not thankful? How come? Maybe they wanted to make sure it was real. Maybe they were doubting, is this going to last? Or maybe they got caught up in whatever they had to do. Look what happened to me. I got to post that on my social media. I got to take care of my fantasy football league. I'll just get to thanking him later. Maybe they think Jesus really didn't do anything. Oh, the priest could have done that. The rabbi could have done that. Any rabbi could have done this. You know, really, I wasn't so bad off. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I was getting better. Again, I think of Israel. Lord, why did you bring us out here? We want to go back to Egypt. It was so nice. We had onions and leeks, and the Egyptians weren't so harsh. Think about ungratefulness. I always tell the story of the Jewish grandma. Do you have a minute? The Jewish grandma takes the boy to the beach, and there's a big wave. He's playing, she's sitting. The wave wipes him out. Oh my God, I devant. The grandson, he's gone. My kid, Lord, please bring him back. Giant wave sweeps him back in. There he is. And she looks down, up. He had a hat. <laughs> that complaining. The story is told of H.A. Ironside, the pastor. He was sharing a table, a busy restaurant. The man sat down. Ironside bowed his head to pray for his food. What are you doing? You have a headache? No, I'm praying. I'm giving thanks. Oh, great. Another religious fruitcake. Look, I don't do any of that stuff. I just eat my food. I don't need to thank anybody. Ironside responded, yeah, my dog acts the same way. <laughs> How is it that this stranger, this alien, this outcast, this foreigner says thanks and adores. The others move on. We're too busy. Jesus invites all to come. 
Jesus hears the asking of any person and he responds, everyone, foreigners, are invited into the temple of Jesus. All nations, tribes, tongues, colors, sizes, ages are welcome to adore and give thanks, not just the Jews who were the other nine. There are no more outcasts in the household of God. And it's interesting to think, although it doesn't say he's on his way, we know that the apostles and the disciples are there along with him. The Pharisees are there. Verse 20, we'll talk about that next week. But everybody, there was a crowd. I wonder what they were thinking. The disciples, the apostles, the Pharisees, the Jews. I wonder what they were thinking when Jesus commends this foreigner. That's got to hurt. God is doing a new thing, not just Jews, but Jews and Gentiles. And he accuses the sin of ingratitude. Maybe he accuses you this morning. Underneath all of this, we are spiritual lepers. We are the Samaritans. We are strangers and foreigners and aliens to God. Sin separates us from God and from one another. We are outcasts from God and ourselves. We are far off. Do we cry out and ask for mercy in our sin, our spiritual leprosy? Lord, save me. Show mercy. Forgive me because I cannot save myself. God has answered the cross and the empty tomb risen from the grave. Victory is won. I ask you this morning if you have received this, do you adore and thank and give praise that God has shown his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. More than that, we rejoice in God. We praise him and adore him and give him thanks through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We are not naturally thankful in our sin. We don't know God. Even as believers, we need to grow in thankfulness for us who are believers this morning. How are you doing with being a thankful steward? Taking time to turn back and bow at his feet. Thank you, Lord. It is our job. It is our responsibility. It is our privilege. It is our witness and testimony to magnify God with thanksgiving. And we need to learn and grow in that. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. How does that express itself in your life? Do you take the time to slow down and turn back Sabbath rest or daily quiet time, putting down the tech or food or whatever it is you may fast from to live with the spirit of humility and dependence? Coming to church is an act of worship and thankfulness. We are here to adore the Lord. We do that in community. This is individually, but it is also done in community. And we encourage one another. And it is great when everyone gathers together on Sunday mornings here or during the week somewhere else. 
Church is a picture of the resurrection. Church is a picture of thankfulness. Church is a witness and testimony. And Lord, would you have us grow in thankfulness? Even thankfulness in adversity. Even thankfulness in tragedy. Not forgetting the giver. Let's take some time in the quietness of our hearts and think about thankfulness. Maybe there are areas you need to confess. Maybe there are areas you need to take time, thank and worship and adore. Maybe you've never known the Lord. Today is the day. Confess your sin. Be born again. Let's take time in the quietness of our hearts. Thank you, Lord.